0: the creators of relevant magazine this is the relevant podcast
1: Friday, November 1st, 2019, you're listening to The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huckabee, coming at you from Paris, France. Back there, stateside, we have my friend, John David Harris. I call him JD. How you doing? Greetings. Doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing just fine. Keeping an eye on JD. We swapped roles this week. Keeping an eye on JD, <laughs> making sure he doesn't get too out of sorts. He doesn't get into too much trouble. Over in the booth there, we have our producer, Chandler Strang. Hello. And out there in Loveland, Virginia, it's a big day for him, ladies and gentlemen, so I hope we are all Woo. prepared to give him all the due attention that he deserves after a long, hard-fought battle. He was up late at night making sure this one happened. Let's give it up for Jesse Carey. Jesse, how are you feeling?
2: Hello, hello. My natitude is ignited. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals, <laughs> your <laughs> World Series champs, if you A lot of you, this is an audio podcast, and so a lot of you guys might not know this out there, but I wear a Washington Nationals hat almost every day of my life. I have spent a tremendous (laughs) amount of time going to Washington Nationals games, watching them on television, and talking about them with people who (laughs) honestly could care less. Well, guess who cares now? Everyone, because we just won the World Series in Game 7 in thrilling
3: fashion. Congrats, Nats. Who are they playing? They're playing the Houston Astros, the best team in baseball, Chandler. I saw a thing about a guy who bet like $12 million on the Astros well, ooh, to well, win. Ooh. Bad bet. It's, yeah. Joke's on him. <laughs> joke's on him.
2: <laughs> $12
1: million
3: for well, there, there's
2: um, There's some phrase about separating a fool from his money, and only a fool <laughs> would bet against Juan Soto, Max Scherzer, Stephen Strasburg, Anthony Rendon, and the 2019 Washington Nationals. So, jokes on you and your 12 million dollars.
0: How much? How much time of your life do you think you've devoted to explaining that your hat is not a Walgreens logo? I mean, <laughs> no, only to my jerks who come up and time. ask me
2: about it, and I say. <laughs> Get a TV and learn about baseball because this team's hot. They're going to win a World Series soon. Well, guess who knows the, the what the curly W is? That's that's what Nats fans call it. A curly W. And when we win, our announcer goes, it's time to put another curly W in the books. And last <laughs> night we got the ultimate curly W. And oh, that curly man. W is a World Series win. So congrats, when someone Nats.
0: talks about baseball, I feel like I've just been transported back in time. To, like, like a different era. That
1: game game is a time machine to, like, a, a, a bygone era of America, it is weird to go to listen to people talk about baseball. Even yeah, they to, have a to, on like, era, yeah to a bygone era, to a beautiful era. Yeah,
0: see, <laughs> yeah, they they won the World Series.
2: Yeah, see, like like a football. Okay, here's a, uh, and then we'll move on. Okay, I want to do one sports <laughs> thing and then we'll move on.
1: Yeah, we have lots to talk okay. about today. Lots okay, to talk about but, today. And
2: then I'll let you introduce the guests and talk about the sponsor real quick, Tyler. But here's the one well, beautiful be thing yeah. about baseball. You know, basketball's been taken over by like Instagram, right? There's House of Highlights. There's you know NBA. Culture is essentially, uh, you know, online culture. There's nothing wrong with that. The, mm. You know, it's a it's a, it's a global sport, and it and it's very progressive. The NFL is the opposite. There's always scandals. It's it's handled managed very poorly. It's very physical and rough. It is a it is a it is a challenging game to be a fan of. Baseball is from another era, a more beautiful era where people didn't sit on their cell phones all day, where people would go to the ballpark. Look, you look at a picture of a baseball stadium back. And they, everyone's wearing suits and, and nice dresses. Everyone dressed up. It was like going to church. And you sat there and you sat there outside for the entire afternoon, just hanging out. And that's what baseball still is. And that's why it's great. And go Nats. All right. Who we got on the show today, Hawk?
1: <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> I, have a, I have a lot of critiques of that. But before we get into this, uh, oh, oh man, we got a good to one today. This episode is brought to you by Elevation Worship. They just released a brand new single called Never Lost. Your You're going to hear a clip from that later in the show. Also on the show today. Oh, this is going to be fun. Noah Gunderson is going to be joining us to discuss his new album, Lover, in his own faith journey. He was one of two people to release an album called Lover last month. I can't remember who the other one is off the top of my head, but we got the better one on the show today. Uh, No questions (laughs) asked. Uh, Very excited to hear more from Noah Gunderson later on. All right. Jesse Carey. Yes. You mentioned to me earlier today that you wanted to bring something to our attention. Yeah. You, you've been doing this lately. Ever since ever since I took over as host, uh, a responsibility I take very seriously, you text me and say, "Hey, I want to talk about this on the show." <laughs> At the beginning today. of the show before we get in because there's a lot to get to today. Like we we, have- to, we, we got the hot list coming up. No one's gonna be here.
2: We have a listener of the
1: week. With listener three of the week on standby. Incredible facts, like three.
2: I mean, in terms of like three interesting facts, this is probably uh you know the best. They're all bangers. Of, yeah, they're all bangers. So all bangers. They all slap. And so, but I did want to talk about something here at the beginning of the show. This will be brief. Um, I. This morning, we, you know, Huck and I were generally, I think we're usually the first ones to, to, to be online. And we and we got a lot going on right now at, uh, yield relevant. First in,
1: last out. Yeah. First and, in, last that's out. That's right. my motto.
2: <laughs> that's right. So we got a lot going on over there and we're trying to plan stuff for the morning. And, uh, uh, Jess Collins, who basically runs the show over here, informed both Tyler and I that, Hey guys, I don't know if the podcast is going to happen today. And we're like, what? What's wrong? She, and here's what she said. I think something's wrong with Chandler. Chandler, can you start playing that music I asked you to queue up for me?
0: <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs>
2: Please queue up. The- she said, <laughs> just said, I, I I texted Chandler at 3 a.m. at 5 a.m. this morning to see if he's coming in. Um, yeah. I haven't heard back. I'm really worried. Keep it playing. Keep it playing. <laughs>
3: I woke up at like nine fifteen and saw that text, and then yeah, okay. And she goes, she goes, listen, Chandler's dealing with a lot right now in his life. He's
2: going through a very (laughs) difficult situation. And, and no, they, she said. She this used, I think
1: she used the phrase "emotionally drained." He's very. Uh, she literally said. She literally said,
2: "I don't even know if he's coming in at all today." Chandler's well, very emotional. No, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> she goes, Chandler's very emotionally drained. He's dealing with a very difficult situation. I was like, uh-huh. "Oh no, what is it?" Thoughts and prayers up to my guy here, uh-huh. and and Jess informed us that. The emotionally draining <laughs> life-altering situation that Chandler was in was
3: his car got towed yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I got taken to that place. It was definitely a annoying and a bummer that my car got towed, but, um, but I almost didn't get it back. I almost didn't get it back yesterday, but it all worked out.
4: <laughs>
2: so it, like, I'm picturing Chandler laying in bed like, you know, with this song playing just on a loop, and he's looking at the number of a tow truck company thinking, about, when do I even call him? How much is this going to cost? Like, oh, Why God. did I choose it, to park there? It, Chandler, it is, what did you racket. do
3: to get your car towed? It's a racket. I just parked on the street. And that, was, <laughs> that was it. I also got a parking ticket, which was pretty cool. You got like a parking was, ticket as well. Was, uh, quote, hold park- on. Hold on. Chandler, uh, you're,
2: you're not even conceding your own wrongdoing. Obviously, you were parked in a spot you should not have been well, in. You, no, I, as a good I, I was, citizen, you could have said, you know, I'm paying my debt to... But you said, uh-huh. you're, the words that leave your mouth are, it's a racket.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it is. <laughs> apparently, I was, uh, quote, blocking a driveway, which Definitely wasn't blocking a driveway, but some people, just, oh. you know, they're not. Oh, so not you could contest this one. You would take, yeah. you're ready to take no, this I, one. I, I, are you going to take it to court? No. no go to no, the no. man? I've already, I've already handled it. Yeah. For my, oh, for my experience, handle. which is
2: limited because I follow clearly marked parking laws. Um, uh-huh. Towing, yeah, no, empl- tow, tow truck employee, comp- uh, uh, tow truck company employees are mm-hmm. typically pretty surly people. Did you have a good positive or negative experience? Can your vehicle <laughs> they were actually, back?
3: They're, they're pleasant. Very pleasant. Oh so, that's you know, nice. I'm sure yeah. they're happy to take your money. They, well, they I'm I'm sure that they knew that I was not super pumped on, you know. Having to pay two hundred bucks to get my car back, but
2: well, here's the thing, man. I know you're going through a lot right now in your life. I know this is emotionally <laughs> draining, and I know I was wondering,
3: was wondering what that that song about. <laughs> or was it and about. I know you know there's a lot of people rallying around
2: you to get you through uh-huh. this difficult season with the car oh, being no, towed I'm, and all. I'm good now. And I we're just want to let you it was know, an annoying that, day yesterday, that, that we're here for you, and we're all here I appreciate for you. It. and we were we were concerned you weren't even. That we were thinking, you know, we just want you for the first time in a long time, miss an entire episode because listen. <laughs> Life comes at you fast, Chandler. <laughs> one day, one day, everything, one day is everything going great. You're driving around, parking where you park. The next day you come out from, you know, burrito in hand, keys in the other. And you look and that car's gone. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden life takes that hairpin turn. And, you know, oh boy. Yeah. No, it's it hey, totally fine. The, if there's anything that we are taught is that we will face trials and tribulations. And you are walking <laughs> through a valley right now, my friend. Go but I can it, tell man. you, on the other side of this time in the desert,
3: things will get better. Things will get better. <laughs> man, it means a lot. It really does.
1: In the meantime, I've started a GoFundMe to help Chandler get back on his feet this difficult time. We've posted it over at RelevantMagazine.com. We out, out the Link links and the everything. It yeah. Just you know, for the less than the price of a cup of coffee, you can really help turn <laughs> Chandler's day and life around here. I uh, hope everybody will go visit that.
2: Yeah, it's for, he's trying to he's trying to raise two hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, if everybody who listens to this podcast just gives one hundred dollars, then we can we can meet our goal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man.
2: No, I, well, Chandler, that. I know you're emotionally trained and I thank you for showing up today
3: you yeah know? absolutely <laughs> you
1: know. alright with that we're going to take a quick break when we come back the hot list Never lost by our friends over there at Elevation Worship. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard I Like the Idea of You by Tessa Violet. That feels kind of like, a, like a, a slap in the face. That is a slight. Mm. I yeah. like the idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you heard it first. It sounds fun, but nope, nope. That, that's a that's a bad sign. Whoever the of that song is, get out now.
2: It's like in Cruising theory. In theory, I should like you. But, yeah. you
1: know, <laughs> on paper, in theory, I like you on paper,
2: in theory, I can park here and block this poor person's driveway. <laughs> you don't
3: know where they were going, Chandler? Did you give any consideration to the person uh, that was trying to get out, out of the driveway? their driveway? It was just maybe a maybe like five inches or something like that. But they could have got around anyway. Uh. Whatever. Uh, well, hey, lesson <laughs> learned lesson, lesson learn. Learn. I hope, hey, I, lesson hope learned, you know, I hope this
2: is I hope this is going to scare you straight I hope this is enough it it to has. get you on the straight and narrow <laughs> you know, a, a lot of times people spiral after situations like this A lot of times it's the wake up call they need So wake up Chandler
3: Woken. <laughs> welcome
1: Alright it's time for our look back at the biggest stories from our beat this week It's time for
4: It's the list.
1: The coming in at number five this week. Selena Gomez back on the hot list after a short time away. Uh, She thanked God for helping her get through some tough times. Uh, She's back in the spotlight, thanks to not one, but two new singles that came out last week about breaking up and moving on. And then she took to Twitter with a screenshot of her notes app, as is the custom, to thank her fans and, in this case, God. She said, quote, My father has taken me and placing me exactly where I'm meant to be. He said to me, Selena, hold on. I hurt when you hurt, I cry when you cry, but I will never, ever leave your side. Work with me, walk with me, and watch how I do it. He always surprises me, and I re-fall in love with him. Every single time Uh, Gomez has really been through it in the four years since her last full length album. She's opened up about a lupus diagnosis, struggles with anxiety and depression. Her on and off relationship with Bieber also made her the subject of scorching media scrutiny, which didn't really abate when he took up with his now wife, Haley Baldwin. Still. Gomez has repeatedly called on her fans to stop attacking Baldwin on social media. Seems like a really good she she seems like a really good version of a pop star, Selena Gomez does. And she's handled yeah. her her conversations about faith always seem to go more than the surface deep. You know, it's not just the like the the First up, I want to thank God for the grit. Like yeah. she, she has a real like a, a thoughtful spiritual journey that she's been very open about and a tough she one gave,
2: too. She gave a really powerful testimony at the Hillsong conference. Yeah, um, yeah, she did. Uh, yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate. It seems like her generation of pop stars, which of course, like uh, you know Justin Bieber is in, and mm. n- you know numerous others, um, seem more comfortable talking about and addressing faith and and mental health. So good, good on her.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, super cool that she's done that. You know, you
2: that. know Chandler, Chandler <sighs> I this really rubs me the wrong way that because I saw the notes app screenshot you posted on Twitter this morning <laughs> about yours, about your situation where you said where my father has taken me in me is exactly where I'm meant to be. And you took a picture of you f- clearly five inches into someone's driveway. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? This isn't on own your mistakes. <laughs>
3: I'm paying the price. Man. I'm paying the price.
1: Uh, Coming in at number four, (laughs) a Christian content affiliate is defending publishing revenge porn of Representative Katie Hill. So Red State, a conservative blog which operates under the umbrella of Town Hall Media, which is an affiliate of Salem Media Group, is defending publishing revenge porn of California lawmaker Katie Hill. Earlier this month, Red State posted allegations that Hill and her now estranged husband, had been in a relationship with a younger campaign staffer and included salacious photos of Hill and the staffer in the report. The report prompted the freshman lawmaker's resignation and a House ethics investigation, but it also caused outrage for publishing non-consensual nudes an online phenomenon known as revenge porn, which is illegal in California. Salem Media claims, according to their website, to be, quote, America's leading radio broadcaster, internet content provider, and magazine and book publisher, targeting audiences interested in Christian and family-themed content and conservative values. They run websites like GodTube, Crosswalk, CCM Magazine, and Jesus.org. Red State responded to the outrage in an editorial saying, quote, there were multiple discussions all throughout the reporters, week's long investigation that went all the way up the chain. And in the end, senior leadership determined that it was important that there was solid evidence. Uh, The managing editor said, don't take nudes on your phone. It isn't fair that we live in a world where the technology that helps us the most can also hurt us the most, even when we're just enjoying it privately. But that's the world we live in. This was Mm -hmm. a, a Interesting and really sad and ugly case that I, I found myself thinking about a lot this week uh, yeah. for a variety of reasons. What 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 do you all's take on it?
2: Well, I mean, okay, so there's a lot to unpack in this. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there needs
1: it, to be a nuanced conversation about it. And we want to be really delicate and yeah. we discuss this it, obviously. It,
2: it, and listen, I mean, there's there's the, you know a couple different issues. Some that I think are we should probably leave for other discussion topics, particularly the conflation of conservative political ideology with, uh, you know, Christian values, which look, sure. some people maintain both, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. But I, I think, it, yeah. I think conflating them to be one and the same is a little dangerous, but red state, I mean, they're called red state, you know, the name of the website. So, so Obviously. they're clearly showing conservative. The, yeah. yeah. They're, they're showing their kind of, you know, conservative leanings right there. So it's not, Um, I don't think the practice of trying to expose something problematic in the Lifestyle of a lawmaker on either side of the aisle is is wrong. I I, I think, you know, journalists, that's, what, to, that's what journalists do.
1: Yeah, that's well, what they we need kind of a whole truth for? to
2: power. And, and, and listen, I, I don't know anything about Katie Hill's, uh, you know, the details of her personal life. But I do think it is problematic when someone in a position of power is in a relationship with someone who is under their employ and that relationship isn't disclosed. Like mm-hmm. I think it, it doesn't gender of the, of the individuals aside. I feel like that is problematic because you have a position in power, even if the relationship is consensual, if it's not disclosed, I mean, that can lead to a lot of really bad things. And I think we've seen that play out in media, but I also don't think there's ever any um, circumstance that would justify the posting of these types of photos without, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that, that is Agreed. that that seems black and white. That seems wrong. It's they can say, listen, we we have evidence that she is in a relationship with a young campaign staff or without publishing it. We're all journalists mm-hmm. here. I mean, yeah. y- you know, I think that's a line that, yeah. Tyler, you you or I certainly would never be comfortable crossing oh, for good reason because it seems no. morally wrong. Uh, what, what's your guys's take on this?
0: Yeah, I think there's a there's a huge difference, uh, and I I kind of don't think that their argument holds water. Of like, well, you just shouldn't have taken the photos on your cell phone, and like let this yeah. be a lesson to everyone to just not do that. I mean, there's one thing to um, even if you believe that, even if you're like, yeah, no, I don't think take you should take those kind of photos or whatever. But then that doesn't um, that doesn't recuse you. Of the responsibility of what do you do if you have access to them? I think that's yeah, a whole other step. If this is blaming yeah.
1: somebody else for like, well, what was I supposed to do? You made me post these. That, that, yeah. That's yeah, like no, that's yeah. passing the bug it's in a really gross very way. Very weak.
0: Yeah. It's a very weak argument, and and I think it it leads down to whole other paths where it's like you're you're wanting to set some sort of moral standard, or at least at least expose some in uh, m- potential moral failing or whatever in their mindset. And then for you to go about it by doing it that way. I mean, I don't, it, the, the medium and the message aren't fitting each other very well there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems incredibly wrong and problematic. And, and and the fact that they had, you know, weeks long editorial discussions about the newsworthiness of someone's personal photographs that, that of this nature, that should be a one-minute conversation. Should yeah. we publish? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, no. Obviously know? not. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And I, I think too, you have a lot of people have pointed this out online, but I think it's totally true. There are there are many male politicians in both parties who've been caught in scandals at this level or far worse who did not resign. I think that yeah. mm-hmm. Hill resigning, I think that was the right move. I, I I think her decision, it was her decision to make, she chose to make it. I think that is a, that's an admirable, all these being considered, you know, I think it sounds like she's trying to make, to make amends for what was a, a real mistake on her part with this relationship. Um, and, and I hope that helped set the standard for uh, other politicians and just people in, in leadership, uh, no matter what field they're in to, to, you know, take the, to face the consequences for their actions as well. So I think that's good, but it does seem like there's sort of a different standard that she is being held to here that other politicians, particularly men have not been held to on their own. So that's, that's, that's very discouraging to see. And it feels like the photos were definitely a part of that. So a frustrating decision uh, from Salem on, on all accounts here, it seems like.
3: Yeah. You said that it's illegal in California. Is it not legal or illegal everywhere
1: it is a there it is not illegal in every state but so i think have it just is just assumed it like would be going i think it is becoming illegal in most
3: yeah yeah, okay. that, yeah. All
1: right. there's kind of a wave of a wave of these laws that's being passed as the phenomenon has taken off right. a little bit I,
2: well and, and that i mean and that's another i mean that's another wrinkle to this discussion is our country's legislators inability to keep up with technology, you know? I mean, it's not just with, you know, quote unquote, the revenge porn phenomenon. You know, it's also, you know, when it looks at like copyright laws, when it looks at, uh, you know, the sharing of memes, legislators are often, instead of being ahead of the curve when it comes to making laws to protect the people that they elected them and they are paid to serve, you know they're often far behind and don't make decisions when it comes to technology until the the horses have sort of already left the barn. So, but again, it's a, there's a lot to unpack in a single story. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a complicated one. Uh, speaking of complicated stories, uh, number, number three, Letitia Wright is accusing journalists of editing out mentions about her faith. In interviews. So uh, this is an interesting one. Black Panther star Letitia Wright may be the highest earning actor of 2018. She is, uh, but she still has a tough time getting her unedited thoughts about faith into her written profiles. In a recent tweet Wright said that journalists have been editing her quotes so they don't include discussions about God. She tweeted, quote, it's super cute when journalists slash interviewers for magazines leave out the massive part where I give God the glory for the success slash achievements in my life. Haha, I still love you and God will still be praised. The star has thanked God many times during her brief career, during her BAFTA award acceptance speech earlier this year. She credited God with her success saying, I identify myself as a child of God and I can't get up here without thanking God. That's an, that is That is interesting to me that that's something that she has found uh, to be a regular, uh, a regular enough part of her experience with pop culture journalists that she felt like she had to call it out.
2: Yeah that, that that I mean especially for us because I feel like any discussion we have with with someone even like you as you'll hear later like someone like Noah Gunderson who's on this who you'll hear from even though he in no way identifies as a Christian he wanted to talk about faith he wanted to yeah. talk about yeah, ideas yeah, yeah, about yeah. god and I feel like even what we were talking about earlier with Selena Gomez like for a I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but in a lot of cases, celebrities are becoming increasingly comfortable talking about their ideas about faith, and I think that's a positive thing. And for journalists to be the ones who are afraid, you know, the the job of of particularly like celebrity profile journalists is per, is to present an interesting and accurate portrayal of these, you know, people who a lot of people like and follow. And as you said earlier, Tyler, you know, in terms of box office earnings, she was the commonality in 2018. Her films made more money than anyone else's. And so I think there's a lot of interest in her. But in order to really, you know, understand who she is, if you're someone tasked with profiling or interviewing her, if she's making faith a part of the conversation, that needs to be a part of the conversation.
1: And I think it's it's kind of weird for because uh we have we, we, we always try in our interviews with uh, public figures to get the conversation to uh, to go somewhere on faith sometimes that's easy sometimes people are a little more reticent to share those thoughts with us uh, but but it's the goal of, of relevant magazine and I've even seen when we've been in part of some roundtable interviews when it's us and a few other outlets at the same table all taking turns asking questions you know you get the there are people who just want to know. Uh, did you get to keep the clothes from the shoot and, and what was your workout routine like to get yeah. ready for this role and then we have you know our 2 minutes to be like do you do you think there's any sort of faith you know f- to find those yeah. angles and it seems to me generally speaking and this is all anecdotal on my part but generally speaking that does seem to be refreshing to a lot of the people that I've talked to yeah. to get to say say something different Other than the Uh, usual, the same old talking points that they usually have about the process of figuring out a new character and the respect they have for the, yeah, it seems like it's, it it does. And I've had uh, a few people thank, uh, thank me for those questions. So, uh, I guess that's all to say Latitia, right? If you're listening, we'll we will not edit out your thoughts about fame yeah. when you come to us. Yeah, give us a call.
2: Buzz us right now. Figure Roll out Chandler's Chandler's waiting. He's 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 at the, he's doing his job right now from a tow truck office, waiting to figure <laughs> out this whole can of worms he's got himself into. JD, you're you're a fan of the MCU. In terms of like non avengers, like sort of the ancillary characters, how do you feel about Shuri? Because I feel like she is one of the, the coolest and fun kind of non main characters in the franchise what's your what's your sherry thoughts as a as a as a mcu fan
0: well, I would say I'm probably <laughs> I'm like borderline MCU fan. I'm just <laughs> but uh but I I enjoy a, a good a good trip to the theater. Um, <laughs> chip chip um, what, a, what but, a hot take you got going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> but um no, I I do think that her character was fun. I I, I liked the idea of them introducing not only a young female character it, into the MCU but one who's um who's kind of specialty is in her her mind and in her ability to be like um innovative and inventive and a scientist and and but also like strong in her own right and skilled as a as a fighter or whatever but it was um i thought it was a a fun take to have this like younger black female role where uh her her power wasn't like gifted from some alien beings or from like touching some mystical artifact, but it's actually like her intelligence and, and her ability to, um, to basically take, take anything and, and, and change it uh, for the good of her community. And I thought that was a, that was a fun and, and refreshing take. Yeah. And she also
2: is, I think, has one of the best lines in the MCU taken from internet culture when she looks down at her brother's shoes and gives the famous, What are those? Uh, <laughs> good uh, moment. A good yeah, meme. Good, good yeah, meme a moment. Great, great moment. Great <laughs> meme. Yeah.
1: That'll be something that. That these these movies are obviously meant to kind of like stand up for a long time, you know. Like people, you're showing you're showing them to uh, your kids right now, Jesse. That is going to be a joke that's a little hard to explain to future generations. Yeah. Well, okay. So well, there, there's there was a video no, that went around video? on Twitter <laughs> where this
2: police officer came and he was casting <laughs> these guys and he was filming it with a cell phone. and He looked down at his shoes and they were embarrassing boots, and <laughs> they became a meme. Uh, Chandler, why don't we just play a quillip of the original? What are those? All right, uh, uh, meme for, for context.
4: Officer, I got one question for you. What are those?
1: Okay. So there it is. That is that, that, that's the Black Panther joke that's going to live in infamy. Now you can all tell tell uh, your kids about it. Number two this week, Kirk Franklin has started a boycott of the Dove Awards. Oh, this is a good one. This one. This is an interesting one. So this week, Kirk Franklin posted a video to social media explaining that he would no longer be taking part in any association with the Dove Awards, the Gospel Music Association, or Trinity Broadcasting Network. Franklin said that in 2016, comments he'd made during an acceptance speech honoring Philando Castile and Walter Scott, two black victims of police violence, were edited from the broadcast. He said he voiced his displeasure to the Gospel Music Association, and they apologized, vowing not to do it again. This year, when Franklin won another Dove, he spoke about a Tatiana Jefferson who was shot and killed by police in her own home earlier this year. Once again, as he said, history repeated
4: itself and his comments were cut from the broadcast. Here's what he said. After a meeting with the Double Awards Committee and representatives of TBN, I've made the decision after prayer consultation with my team and my pastor, Dr. Tony Evans, to not attend any events affiliated with or for the Double Awards. Gospel Music Association, or TBN, until tangible plans are put in place to protect and champion diversity, especially where people of color have contributed their gifts, talents, and finances to help build the viability of these institutions.
1: Franklin was supported online by artists like Jeremy Camp, Natalie Grant, John Gray, and Priscilla Shire, and Lecrae, who actually said he would be joining Franklin's boycott. In a statement, Jackie Patillo, the president and executive director of the Gospel and Music Association, said, quote, We accept the responsibility of our error, Although completely unintentional, we understand it caused great harm and deeply wounded many in the African-American and gospel community. As well, it left a general perception that we are not concerned with key social issues that affect people of color. It is not our intent to disregard or silence any of our artists, and we are deeply saddened by this perception, and are committed to change this. So, uh, quite this is a this is the most the Devil Awards have been in my timeline over the past yeah. few years, but but, it, but it's an interesting one. It was interesting to me. How I, I have a, a lot of respect for Kirk Franklin and how he has addressed this, particularly in the in the video, how he comes across as extremely. This was clearly not a uh, something that he just decided to do out of nowhere. Like he's clearly this ha Dove Awards were weeks ago. So he's clearly been thinking about this, yeah. praying about this, talking to people about this. This this was a very thought out uh, decision with some really tangible goals in mind. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I, and I, you know, I even I've even seen things that like have kind of discussed like in in 2019 or is something like the Dove Awards even necessary anymore. I mean, like, yeah. you know, the, you know, Kirk Franklin is an artist who, I mean, is probably as well known, if not better, well known outside of like Christian music uh, yeah, circles. Yeah, and and, mm-hmm. and I mean, you look at. Someone like Lauren Daigle, these crossover artists. I, I, I think this, in addition to highlighting what, what, what you just said, Tyler, which I think is incredibly important, uh, which is addressing um, issues that are important to Christians in uh, diverse communities. I think it also kind of highlights kind of. You know, the need or lack of need for a quote unquote Christian music industry when, you know, more and more artists are finding acceptance because of the things we were talking about earlier in this podcast of artists being more comfortable talking about faith, you know, in kind of quote unquote mainstream music and the delineation between what makes something Christian music and what makes something not is is blurring further and further. Um, I think that's kind of an interesting part of the discussion as well.
0: Yeah, I think the difficulty in, in that would be um, you have on one hand this um, – the previous story we talked about where she would get up there and she would speak about her faith and, to a secular audience and, and in a secular ceremony, like situation and they would cut that part out. And now you have yeah. Kirk Franklin in a Christian scenario and they're cutting out where he's trying to address – like very real worldly conditions um, and they're cutting this out. And it's almost like, even though both sides are willing to reach across the aisle for, for their own gain, they don't seem to be reaching across the aisle and allowing the artist to be the full representation of themselves. So that would be the only thing that I would like. No, that's a good point. Be a little like um, just calling both sides to be better at that. Like if, if Lauren, if Lauren Dangle keeps, crossing the aisle and like winning Grammys and stuff. That's great. But it starts to become not great when they cut out half of her story. And the same thing with, with artists like Kirk Franklin and stuff. It's, it's great that if he was able to win like Dove awards and have this recognition, right. You know, with people who, who maybe have decided to, to not let like music outside of the Christian sphere into their lives. But that's the space where we need people saying the things that he is saying as well. And so they need to not cut that out. And, and another thing too is, is this kind of feels similar in, in the same vein as the, uh, the, um, the other story where I I don't know if their excuse holds water, this whole like, Oh, we unintentionally cut this, this piece out of your speech to save time or whatnot. It's like, but you had already had the conversations knowing that this was something that had happened in the past mm-hmm. and so you're telling me that when you're scrubbing footage trying to figure out what time to cut you just happen to cut that same exact <laughs> yeah. like yeah. moment out like i don't know like that's that's a real bad coincidence and even if it was a coincidence why weren't you thinking about that when you were scrubbing for footage or like watching the the you know real time play clock and stuff why weren't why wasn't that on the forefront of your mind? It just it shows um, negligence, I guess, in, in that case. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I think you know we we have to cut stuff down for time or or in the as is often the case in the magazine space yeah. all the time I mean, that's a that, but I think when you're doing that, you're cutting out the stuff that you don't find to be relevant. that's not right. important to the story that that doesn't have a lot of uh, you you're and that can be a tough call sometimes, but I don't think there is really a world in which people were more interested in getting another uh. Thanks to God and my family, but that would be like more interesting than than Kirk Franklin's thoughts about a, an issue. That is uh, towards the top of the of the most important issues facing the U- the U.S. right now, mm-hmm. and an extremely controversial one.
2: Well, particularly because he had the conversation with the double wars exactly. before and said, "Please right. don't about like content." Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's like it's one thing the first time. It's like, well, we're we we're, we're you know cutting here and there, and this is just the judgment call we're making. He specifically told them he didn't want them to do that again. You know,
1: so yeah, 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 I agree. And finally, coming to number one this week, it was a tough call. What was going to be number one? We've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about some hot button issues, but, but there's only one choice for the top story in this week's hot list. <laughs> this is,
2: is there, there's not, we, I don't think there's been a more 2019 headline than this. Bullseye. Just, just like Bullseye. the weirdest year ever question mark yeah (laughs) this is this is just like like five years ago yeah five years ago you said this this will one day be a headline that that you'll run on your website or be like I don't I don't know I I think there's a glitch in the matrix I think uh, you know we've merged with uh, you know I think Kingpin has merged alternate realities in Brooklyn and suddenly you know we're on a different place on the universal timeline here I don't know this seems too out
1: there which isn't to say that this that that did Happen, it could have. I don't know how else to explain what's going on. Our reality has
2: merged or intersected with another, and here we are.
1: Yeah, here we are. Number one, Chris Tomlin kind of covers Kanye West's (laughs) closed on Sunday. Okay, so some background as I'm sure if regular listeners to this podcast are already very well up to date. On our thoughts on Kanye West. But this week, Chris Tomlin, the man behind some of the biggest worship anthems of all time, is now drawing inspiration from a new inductee into the genre, Kanye West. In several videos posted to Twitter, Tomlin and fellow worship artist Pat Barrett covered Kanye's Chick fil A ode closed on Sunday. And well, here it is presented with forthcoming comments.
4: (laughs) you my chick son my ah, What? What?
1: Let it
0: play, let it play yeah. my Save With the lemonade
1: mm. Oh my gosh <laughs> on
4: yeah. Here we go The guy in the background Damn Kathy. What? Sing it like you mean it Open up the doors cause the people out here screaming Give me that biscuit and make it the quickest Hold on son extra polynesian because you know your boy's hungry it's so sweet oh, i don't like this kind of <laughs> that's okay
3: I'm kinda funny. oh my oh All right. my I, I you know there <laughs> a lot can be said but i'm yeah, almost i'm
2: almost tempted to say listeners take that and think about what what you will because it's yeah it's a chandler you seem to have pretty strong reactions to this video like what yeah. are
3: your thoughts yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. It's very, oh, really, really cringy. I don't know. The rapping really tops it off. And I mean, like, like the ad libs in the in the in the beginning, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah. the
1: verbal, the, the verbal tics. We already yeah. know
3: that Chandler's having an emotionally
2: draining week, and now we had to throw this at him. We had to throw Chris Tomlin. The man's car got towed yesterday, and now you're gonna make him play a clip of worship leaders covering Kanye.
0: Uh, that's how oh, cool. we do him. That's mean.
1: That's mean. mean. In a dark place
3: at the moment, man. Yeah. Pri-
1: Chris Tomlin has been on the podcast a number of times. Uh, he's always come across <laughs> to me as a, as, as a very charming, uh, humble, very gracious individual. Uh, I, I like Chris Tomlin. This isn't just me trying to save face here. I, I, like, I like talking to Chris. Yeah, Chris has I. also been very open with us. I, I think I can share this. He's shared it with us. Chris wants to be a... Uh, he, he, he has dreamed of a career in country music. In country western. He he yeah. likes the idea of being a country star. He's Nash he's a Nashville boy, that makes a lot of sense. And I think after hearing this, I would encourage him to pursue that, <laughs> that? If, if, if roads diverge <laughs> and you can either go the country uh, route or the hip hop route. Yeah. My 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 suggestion to my gut is that country is a I better option. I, I would, would say this I, grab I the steering
2: wheel of the car of your career, if it's gonna be one of those two directions, and yank it as hard as you can to country music. Right if you want to sing with worship, that's fine. Great. Yeah. Obviously, you were accomplished there. But if it's between hip hop and country, please, please, yeah. please, please Agreed. choose anything else. And Chris, choose polka. and Chris,
1: this comes from the place of love. I trust that you would say the same thing to me if you heard yeah. any of my. There's a reason. I mean, I don't have any videos of me trying to do closed on Sunday. There's a reason. I, but, I, but if it
3: comes
2: out, there's I, I, I would a trust a number. That you would speak there's a number of reasons. Love.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, they're probably self aware. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it seems like uh, yeah, they're laughing at themselves. They're yeah, right,
1: laughing at yeah, yeah, sure, themselves. They're right. in right? on the uh, joke. Let's let's do, they are in still.
2: on uh, the joke, I hope. Exactly. I believe.
1: I trust. But what we
2: said about country music and hip hop, we mean. That's not a joke. Don't choose That's not a joke. Yeah. That is you had your chance you had your chance and, and you blew it so.
1: all right that'll do it for this week's
4: it's the heartless, the heartless.
3: It's, was that a sped up version? no that's just the bad. same one that, that was the like Chris was Tomlin like...
1: cover Chris Tomlin <laughs> yeah. did a quick cover right? <laughs> kidding, do a little spin on uh, we're gonna take a quick break when we come back Noah Gunderson's gonna join us oh listening to Frail State of Mind.
2: The Chandler Strang tour. <laughs> what, a, what a week you've had! What a week you've had, soldier. A frail,
1: That one goes out. That's, that's one goes out to my man Chandler Strang. He's going through it right now, ladies and gentlemen. He can he give. It like,
3: means a lot. But yeah, GoFundMe.
1: That GoFundMe. We are. I'm looking right now. We are at two dollars. I mean, no, wow. I think
2: you I think you read it wrong. Somehow we're at negative two money. Somehow this <laughs> GoFundMe is the first ever where Chandler's actually going to lose money. I don't know how that works. But but right now GoFundMe. The uh, deducting money uh, from his account. I, because- I
1: started, I started this GoFundMe and Chandler, you owe me $2. Uh, myself, you can, buy me, you can buy me
2: but- <laughs> Maybe next time, maybe next time just don't park in that guy from that person's driveway. Maybe that would resolve this. And you know the irony was the irony was he parked there and he ran into Chick-fil-A, you know, to grab. He's like, Oh breakfast is almost they're almost mm-hmm. done serving chicken biscuits. And he runs. And then he got to the door and he's like. Closed on Sunday. No! <laughs> no, the irony. The irony. You're like it's like one of those chap those really dark chapters in Pilgrim's Progress where he's going through like the swampland of despair. The That's where you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Noah Gunderson is a singer and songwriter who's recently appeared on NPR's Live Sessions, the Paste NYC Studios, Rolling Stones' Songs You Should Know feature, and is currently on tour for his album, Lover. Jesse, you recently spoke with Noah about the album and his own journey with faith, doubt, and hope.
2: Yeah, so I was really excited to talk to Noah understand about Lover. I love the album, um, but I also wanted to talk to him about his religious upbringing, and he has a really interesting story. Um, His parents kind of were involved in the church, but they kind of got, got involved in kind of a culty side of the church, and it, he ended up later in life leaving faith altogether and considering him an atheist, but he did kind of describe his songwriting process as almost of a religious type of experience. Here's how he described it
4: like I I grew up super religious and we can talk about that if you want, but I'm, I'm no longer in that space, but there's something about the process of making art that is the closest thing that I've come to in my adult life to spirituality, because it does feel like it just comes from somewhere else. And I don't know where that space is. And it, um, I just tried to, Let the spirit move (laughs) to like kind of use the 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 Christian the Christianese, Um, but yeah, it's a very strange kind of mystical process.
2: Yeah, it, it was it was interesting to hear him kind of describe it in those terms because so much of his context for a lot of deep things happening are in faith, and he also opened up about how his. Religious upbringing still, even though he no longer considers himself religious at all, still informs his his art and how he thinks about the world.
4: Those deeply ingrained ideas and and expectations that I think a lot of it is, you know, when you attach you attach uh, like a value to purity, and then you kind of assign that to God as well, and it gets all this kind of blurry hierarchy of love, um, that, that stuff that I'm still kind of sorting through and it's affected all my relationships. And, um, thankfully, uh, thankfully I have a wonderful therapist.
2: It's funny because, you know, the way he grew up, you know, was it really kind of, uh, the era of like purity culture? And so as some, I mean, his album is called lover, right? So he writes a lot of songs about relationships, but he can't escape how, you know, sort of, almost like the baggage he 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 still carries from some teachings that uh, that he was taught when he was young. And one of the interesting things while we were talking was he had seen this is years ago. This is prior to Joshua Harris, the former pastor who wrote the book "I Kissed Dating Goodbye" at a very young age. He uh, this is before. Josh Harris sort of renounced his faith publicly. But it was around the time that Josh Harris apologized for some of the ideas that he wrote in Nice Kiss Dating Goodbye and kind of renounced them as relationship philosophy. Um, and interestingly, Noah Gunderson uh you know saw this and was so moved that uh he actually reached out to Josh Harris and they had a a little exchange. And, you know, the experience made him think a lot about the idea of even forgiveness. And here's how, here's how Noah described that experience.
4: I guess, I just when I saw that post that he made about, you know, apologizing for the book, I'm like, man, that's just so cool. And I want to try to attempt to practice forgiveness in that space where like, yes, he fucked up a lot of people's heads, but you know, he was also 20 something kid who didn't know anything either. So yeah. All that being said, yeah, I I just kind of reached out to him and was just tell him like you know I appreciate that. I think it's, it takes a lot of courage.
2: You know, one of the things he kind of wanted to set the record straight on is, and there's more to this interview, and we hope to unpack it in kind of a written piece later. But, um, you know, he has talked a lot about his upbringing and kind of some of these more radical. Um, circles that even kind of got cultish at times, but his parents you know, at some point they they kind of stood up for their their own beliefs and they allowed their faith to shift and evolve and they've kind of walked back some of the things that uh, Noah was exposed to when he was a kid, and the way he describes it is you know really his parents' own faith evolution. Uh kind of led to him being sort of this spiritual seeker. Um and here's how Noah describes that that sort of experience in his life.
4: I grew up going to a lot of different um like house churches and kind of non-traditional spaces, um, a lot of like pretty charismatic like faith healing and prophecy and speaking in tongues and all that. <laughs> like that was my introduction to Christianity yeah. as a young kid. And then um we kind of started hopping around from a lot of different churches, but my folks were always pretty suspect of the like the power hierarchy in churches. So we, you know, we'd go to a place for like a month or so and then eventually like my dad would get disillusioned with the pastor or the just the whole system and we'd kind of go somewhere else. And then yeah. And then I grew up after that kind of just like playing in different church worship bands and stuff. And, and, you know, throughout that whole process, like my folks were evolving and they had a a few things happen while I was a teenager that I think really kind of just shook some of their ideas. And and thankfully, instead of doubling down, they were like able to re examine, which is, I'm really grateful because I think that's kind of established my just like my kind of seeker identity, but like just wanting to make sure you're never getting too like stagnant in your ideas. And um, they, they were in super instrumental in, in that pers- like in that worldview for me.
2: I think that's such an, in- he has such an interesting backstory. And the other, the, one of the other things that I wanted to talk to him too is like when, when I'm listening to his music, you can hear some of, you can hear a lot of different influences. You hear like some Jeff Buckley, some, 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 uh, of these really great singer songwriters. You hear some Bob Dylan. You, hear, you certainly hear some Neil Young, but also more contemporary stuff like, you know, dashboard confessional. And some of the stuff that was sort of almost like Christian adjacent, even though it, it, he is in no way a, you know, Christian or religious artist. Um, you know, there are, you know, just to, 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 to be forthright there are uh, songs on the album that have explicit lyrics um but you also hear uh you know bands like influences from like what i thought was like pedro the lion or, or people like that that um uh were popular kind of in the time that he was growing up in and around the church so i wanted to ask him if he was influenced by some of the Christian artists that a lot of us or or just kind of progressive artists that were kind of Christian adjacent, um, if if they were like influential for him uh, and his answer really, really surprised me uh, of who some of the artists are that influence Noah Gunderson, one of these, uh, you know, this critically acclaimed singer songwriter, uh, who some of his influences are and who are some bands that he's actually revisited and still digs a lot. Here's what he said
4: my folks were pretty conservative in the early days to the point where like, I wasn't allowed to listen to, you know, non-Christian music. So I was, I'm very familiar with the Christian music world. Um, like, I think my first CD was a Carmen CD. You remember that guy? <laughs> so like an Italian, like, uh, yeah, like Italian that. singer guy, yeah. he would do these, so cra- He would do these concerts. I, is he? Yeah. Oh my God. I got to, I got to go down like a YouTube rabbit hole, oh, dude, but I've done one he recently
2: like... and it's <laughs> <laughs> block out an afternoon though. I'll say that.
4: Oh my God. He, yeah. I remember that was like one of my first concerts. He would do these free concerts at like an arena. And then like halfway through, like basically do like an offering and like people would just like go around You like have staff went off like five gallon buckets and be like throwing cash. In. I have no idea how he did that and made money. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, like, so that world, like, you know, grew up with the Newsboys and DC Talk and all that stuff. I actually did a deep dive on Newsboys the other day. And some of those songs actually hold up. They're pretty rad. But, um, uh, yeah, and then, like, I I remember I had, like, an older friend who introduced me to, like, Pedro the Lion. And, you know, that was, I think that, like, uh, It's Hard to Find a Friend was, like, one of the first records I remember listening to and having an experience like what we were talking about earlier, the like this guy is saying something that I don't have the words for, yeah. and that's something I want to do.
2: Yeah, it, it, interesting, uh, interesting ideas. But you heard it here first. Uh, Noah Gunderson still digs the Newsboys, <laughs> so uh, hey, go check out the album Lover. It is one of my favorite albums, uh, actually, in a long time. Yeah, start with the song "Lose You," a really great single. You will not be disappointed. Uh, yeah, and thanks for Noah Gunderson for, for being on the show with us.
1: That was Noah Gunderson. Next up, Listener of the Week.
4: I my hair. Tubman. I come to bring you to freedom guided by the spirit. You got to be miles away from here folks. don't trust in God. If I'm free, they should be too. She led them to salvation. I'm going to go get him.
1: Do you know what would happen if you got caught from focus features?
4: I pray for God to make me strong enough to fight. Witness the
1: inspirational true story of Harriet Tubman.
4: God don't mean people to own people.
1: Harriet, her time is now. Now play. Lady PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You're listening to Walkin' on a string by Matt Berninger and Phoebe Bridgers. All right. Now it's time for one of our favorite segments around here. Listener of the week is where you all send us three interesting facts about yourselves. We pick a favorite one from the bunch and bring them in. And this, they're, they're always good. They're always interesting. But I think uh, you you hate to pick favorites, but I've got a lot of, I got my hopes are high for this one. Uh, I've got, I've got some strong expectations. Uh, Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you for joining us. Thanks,
5: guys. I'm happy to be here.
2: So, so Nick, you, you have sent us a lot of various facts, and I have chosen three out of the things that you've cho- that that you've you've sent to us, and I can't wait to get into them. But first, tell us where you are calling us from.
5: Well, I am from Elmira, New York. Um, I'm like so out of breath. As I told you guys, I am on my niece' duty, and wouldn't you know it? As soon as you guys called, she woke up. <laughs> so I just oh no. That. Oh, 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 no. You know. no pretty happy child down the stairs so but I'm from Elmira and yeah I think the biggest fun fact is that I am you know Chili's a chili's
4: loyal here so <laughs> all, right, all right so we have it. We,
2: we want to jump right in right there you you have you you work at at a, at a local chili's there and we wanted to have you on before but it interfered with the time that you're supposed to be at chili's <laughs> and what you said in your DMs to us is that you were Outrage one day, it come totally outrage yeah. that the trader on the phone, on, on, in the producer booth right now would choose to go to Olive Garden on occasion <laughs> over Chili's. Yeah. Nick, this is your chance to clear the air. What do you have to say to Chandler?
4: Listen,
5: Chandler, I'm, I'm in the Chili's around seven years deep. Okay. So I don't, wow. there are no excuses. Oh, wow. No excuses to trade yeah. loyalties.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, the Chili's in Orlando is kind of far, so you know, sometimes... Kind of Chili-
2: hey, hey, sometimes love is worth it, Chandler. Sometimes <laughs> it's, you, you, you make concessions on both sides. They're the ones uh, bringing you out a hot queso. It
5: is worth it, Chandler. Listen, listen, when I am not able to work at the Chili's that I work at locally, I hop in my car and I drive 40 miles to the next one in my district. Oh, wow. And I
1: was there. 30
3: miles? Oh wow. oh, wow. All right. Well, you know what? You make great point and i'm and i'm sorry i won't do it again listen
5: the only reason i think i'm so salty is because olive garden is the last thing that i ate before i got um before i got hospitalized for the gi bug a couple years ago so
3: whoa oh Oh, no
5: added to all of the injury
4: with your your
5: (laughs) hold
2: on i got a question for you do you think like you know, someone from Olive Garden is like, here comes Nick. She's, she's, she's OG chilies. We got to, you know, poison her breadsticks. Do you think this was malicious or do you think you just roll the dice when you go to Olive Garden? Yeah,
5: no, I think that ugh, I, to be honest, I have not had enough Olive Garden experiences to know. <laughs> I had the
3: one as and you, I was like, well that's enough for me. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> You've only been there one time and you got sick the one time you went. Yes. <laughs> I've only eaten there wow. once. Wow. And
2: wow! I mean I wow. am I she have my thank suspicions. you. That's a good point. She only needed one time to know I'm, well, about 100%, 100%. 100%. I'm a chili failure, right?
3: I mean if I got food food poisoned the first time I went to Olive Garden, I probably wouldn't go back too, so I don't, <laughs> exactly. I don't blame yeah. you at all. That's exactly yeah, right.
5: I'm a, I'm a quick learner, so I knew I knew yeah. what was best yeah. for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah nick definitely. i got i got a question because
2: you're talking about people who as you know have talked about chilies and have talked to corporate chilies and have talked all things chilies yeah. now we have an insider if if someone is listening right now and they're like i got a hankering for some chilies they're back on the chilies train uh-huh. yeah. what would you suggest that they order they're, like this is the scenario it's someone reasonably hungry but it's in the middle of the day so they kind of got to get in and out for the lunch thing but they're pretty hungry what do you
5: recommend as a Chili's insider? Oh, that is the hardest question. And everybody that comes in asks me. So honestly, man, if you have to choose off of the lunch menu, then I would say get one of the soups. <laughs> they vary by store. So since I'm in the North, we have okay. the best New England style clam chowder, which you wouldn't think to have at Chili's. It's kind of mm-hmm. a wild card. I'm like, okay, okay, we uh, that sounds good. clam uh-huh. chowder, uh-huh. Sounds good. whatever, I'm going to go with it. And I uh-huh. think the double burger would not disappoint. It would definitely not Ooh. disappoint.
2: The double burger. Ooh, that sounds Damn. really good, yeah. Nick. I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry right yeah. now. But yeah.
1: if, if you
5: aren't in a if if you're not in a time crunch, not because of the kitchen, because it should be pretty fast, but because this one just takes a little bit longer to digest, <laughs> you've got to try the boss burger. It's the best. Boss burger. The I don't boss burger that. is the boss a half-pound burger, wow. and you get. Basically, every meat in the kitchen, you get like brisket, jalapeno cheddar, smoked sausage, bacon, all that stuff. There's bare minimum (laughs) veggies. It's really, really good to just
1: really put you down for the rest of the day. My mouth is watering. (laughs) Oh man, yeah, that's just that every. Wild.
2: I like how it's described as what's in the boss burger. Every kind of meat in the kitchen at the moment. <laughs> they yeah. just slam it between two pieces of bread, and yeah, yeah that sounds incredible. Awesome. Well, I'm going to eat a boss burger today. Okay, Uh you're the other. Okay, you have two other facts I want to get to. Um, one, this one, Nick, and and, and I I think you've made amends since yeah. this, but there there was one point in your life where you stole an Amish buggy. <laughs> what? What's the story behind this, this grand theft buggy?
5: Okay. So yeah, before we take this and run with it, let me just be very clear. Amish buggies, where I grew up, not hard to find. So okay. that kind of makes okay. my story a little less interesting. Um, and I didn't take a horse. I just took the buggy. It was me. How did you do and that? Then, um, and Brett, and did friends, you carry and yourself? The buggies, they have like these little posts that go out in front of them. So there are two of us on each of the posts and we just picked it up and ran down the road. And that was the biggest highlight of my college career, I think.
3: (laughs) Did you just drop it at the end and leave it there or like how did did you get caught? My
5: favorite part of the whole thing was that we left it in somebody else's backyard. So I, I mean, it's a scary thing to wake up. And notice that your buggy's missing, right? But yeah. you scare no, your fill. Oh
1: yeah! You wake oh, yeah. up
5: and there's an <laughs> buggy Like you know that it's not yours,
3: but you have no idea right. where it came from. So how to get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no horse. It's like.
5: Yeah.
2: Uh, so did you ever resolve this or did, because it's uh, you said in your DM, I, it's OK, because I'm a new creation now. So I believe that you've made it right with God. I believe you've made this Grand Larson right with with our God. But did you ever make it right with the yard owner or the buggy owner?
5: Sometimes forgiveness just happens between you and the Lord. And I think that I'm pretty forgiven.
3: I don't need to reach out to the buggy
5: owners because my walk is my own.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: That's and
5: right. I moved out of that town, so I'm not worried about it.
2: Well, you know what? If they're listening to this podcast, the irony is they probably won't or can't because for religious reasons. But if they are, is there anything you would like to say to this buggy owner? We're going to let you clear it out right now, Nick. Yeah.
5: yeah. Well, I can say that I will never, ever, ever steal a buggy again, and I think that's, like you. Uh, so that's a good lesson learned. Learned your lesson. So sorry that for is, uh,
2: that, is, that. Is that's repentance? Any, any
5: emotional damages I may have caused. <laughs>
1: I, do have a, I do have a quick follow up question. This is for both you, Nick and Chandler. Mm-hmm. Chandler, was the car you lost actually a buggy? And Nick, was this actually yesterday? <laughs> in Orlando? <yeah. laughs> because if so, we might have it to be able to solve really two familiar. mysteries here.
5: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, this story could get very deep, guys. I don't know if we have all the time in the world for that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, well uh, I, I have a boss burger I need to get to pretty soon, but I do have another fact. You said that, <laughs> quote, this is what you call them, quote, hell monkeys ruined your childhood. Yeah. <laughs> what were these monkeys and how did they destroy your childhood?
5: Well, when I was younger, um, <laughs> my mom and I moved to this duplex that was on a farm. And the farm owners, they were also our landlords, they apparently just absolutely needed to have pet monkeys. And they (laughs) were the most horrifying things in the whole entire world. I don't remember what kind they were, but they were super skinny. Their faces were like more human looking than any other monkey that I've seen, if that makes sense. Um, (laughs) And they were just terrifying. Like, I can't even explain. Blame the fear. My mom. So when we lived on the farm, I was in second grade. We lived in the upstairs apartment of the duplex, and I'm not kidding when I say that my mom leveled me, trying to beat me up the stairs because one of the monkeys was chasing us. Like, not even kidding. No regrets. No remorse. (laughs) Chasing threw her toddler down the stairs at the monkey so that she could escape. It was horrible. Horrifying.
3: That's That's pretty funny.
5: Yeah, it was just. First of all there is something in my little kid brain that I was like these don't belong in a house like these yeah. these don't belong <laughs> here at all <laughs> and they spend their lives either chasing me around or ripping their diapers off and throwing poop everywhere. So I'm not a fan. I'm not a
1: fan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that is gross. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing worse than having to change a monkey diaper. I have another question for you, Nick. Um, Well, first off, you know, I'm not a a psychiatrist or, or like a therapist or a counselor. But I think I recognize now the childhood trauma that calls the delinquent behavior later in life and what calls you to steal an Amish buggy. So I think you're absolved of that. We've gotten to the root of that. But how many mornings did you wake up and you looked out your window and staring right, right? me was a very human like monkey face. That's just been watching you all night. Was that like an everyday thing?
5: Listen, one time I the farm children that lived in that terrible, terrible place, they would try to trick me. So they'd be like, hey. Nick, look out the window, open your window. Look at us. They'd be calling me like, oh, hey, come on and play with us. Like normal kids would, except for the fact that I would open my window and this this monkey would be crawling up our house like oh. almost into my window and I'm like you this guys is, aren't right uh, like what who hurt you why do you do this to me like what's going on <laughs> <laughs> so if you can oh, figure man. out their this emotional sounds, trauma is... and their background as to why they would do that to me I would love to know so that maybe I could take that to a place of forgiveness
1: <laughs> I'm getting sort of we're, we're recording this on Halloween I'm getting kind of a spooky vibe out of this this is coming across uh, yeah, like <laughs> is like monster movie
2: well, Nick, I'm sorry that we made you revisit your childhood trauma and your, your, your previous crimes. But yeah. I will say we thank you for the boss tip on the boss burger. <laughs> Nick, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being this week's listener of the week.
5: Thanks, guys. Man, that, looking that outside. not disappoint.
2: That did I not know, a, a monkey that's the, the, crawling the, the, up the side of your house as the children taunt you outside. That is <laughs> that is straight out of a horror movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't you kind of yeah.
1: get a little bit of a horror movie vibe out of that? Like that's like, like the
0: next M Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: like a little M Night, uh, an yeah. M Night movie, yeah. True yeah. Terror. The, right. The, yeah, a uh, master yeah. of the genre. Yeah. Um, well, if you think that you can live up to the bar that has been set by Nick this week, and you want to be our listener of the week, then you can come at us in the DMs, relevant podcast. Uh, give us some interesting facts about yourselves. If you can connect them to a story, that's what we're really looking for. Here, we want we want some good we want some good yarns, some good narrative for you to for yeah. you to share with us. More Chili's tips. More Chili's tips are awesome. That's valuable. Many thanks to Noah Gunderson. His new album, Lover, is out now. Also, thanks to the guys over at Elevation Worship. Be sure to check out their new single, Never Lost. You heard a little bit about in the podcast today. Uh, also, make sure you check out our new podcast for church leaders. It's called Called. Uh, that been doing a really great job with that one. The, if you're interested in church leadership or if, if you just find the idea of church fascinating and important, which I think a lot of our listeners do, you got to check out Called. Really, really impressed with the product that's, uh, that is uh, coming out of that one. Also, subscribe to our print magazine. We're putting the final touches on issue 102. If you hop on pretty soon, then you'll be able to get it in your inbox after you subscribe. And I think with that, we will wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm I'm Jesse Carey. I'm John David Harris. We'll see you all next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.
4: Thank you for listening to the relevant
5: podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward
4: slash subscribe.
5: To put another Curly W in the books. Relevant Podcast Network.